Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Greetings, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani for a podcast special. Since starting Curve America and learning about the league, Atalanta has been one of our greatest joys. The club is historically mid-table, but they have a knack for also being giant killers, taking down the big names of Italian Calcio. They've recently had big runs in Europa, to the delight of all Calcio fans who love an underdog story. And as we hope to convey in this pod, the fervent fan base of Atalanta continues to grow globally, from their home of Bergamo in northern Italy, all the way up to England, and even in our Sin City here in the U.S., Las Vegas. I'm joined today by two Tifosi who are about to embark on a new podcast dedicated to the goddess, or La Dea, one of Atalanta's informal monikers. Curve Americans join me in welcoming from across the pond in merry old England. We have Nigel, who you can follow on Twitter with at Atalanta Now. And Dan, who can be found at at Atalanta underscore Vegas. Guys, welcome to the Curve America podcast. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, it's nice to, to be chatting with you because usually I'm talking back at you on my uh, on my car ride from work. So, <laughs> nice. Saying uh, terrible things about uh, our coverage of the Serie A, I'm sure, uh, since we're uh, still learning how to podcast ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely not. I totally enjoy you guys. Oh, it's great to talk to you guys. Love Atalanta as a club. So let's start right there, guys. The first question, it's always fascinating to us who love Calcio. How did you guys individually find your beloved club of Atalanta? Why don't we start with Dan out in Las Vegas first? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's kind of interesting, um, and you know, especially with Americans. You, 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 you have a, a sort of a, uh, you know, my, I had a friend who was, was supporting this club and I you know I, I got into soccer but I was actually born into an Atalanta family my uh, my dad is from Bergamo um, but I was not born in Italy I was born in the Philippines because my dad was one of the few uh, Bergamaschi who actually get out and uh, he made with the Philippines and he, he met my beautiful mother uh, and then when uh, I was born um, he knew that uh, that he was going to instill in me the love of Atalanta yeah so I know I didn't get to because it was 1981. I didn't get a, a package in the mail that had an Atalanta shirt in it like they do now. In <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I was born and raised with the club. Uh, my blood runs black and blue. Awesome. And yeah, for, for me, Chris, my, my situation was a little bit different. I don't have the family roots. Um, I mean, Dan, there's still time for you to, to chase that free shirt. From uh, from the Pokemon <laughs> Club shop, I'm sure I'm sure they wouldn't mind you going after a free shirt. Um, but yeah, my my situation's a bit different. No family ties. Um, I'm in my mid thirties, um, so when I grew up as a kid, we had a TV station called Channel Four in the UK, um, and that would have a program running called Gazetta Italia, um, and it would uh, have a, a, a goal show on a Saturday morning, and on the Sunday at two p.m. they'd show a live game and. Uh, I can remember watching games like Juve Parma. I can remember Juve winning the league on the last day of the season. And of course, I can remember watching Atalanta and we had Pippo Inzaghi when I first started watching. And uh, I kind of got curious about the team because we had Pippo Inzaghi. And then uh, as the next few years went on, I had a little game on my PC called Championship Manager. 
and uh, I would always lose to at Atlanta. Always, <laughs> you know, I, I'd be I'd have an invincible team. I'd go to Bergamo and I'd lose, and that kind of piqued my curiosity about the team. And uh, I've been following the results ever since. And uh, yeah, over the last few years, I've been lucky enough to be able to afford to get to a few games. And um, yeah, so that's kind of my my sort of Atalanta history, really. The invisible hand of Calcio is uh, computer <laughs> games and, and FIFA. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Honestly, I still, I'm still having nightmares about some of those champ manager experiences <laughs> back in the day. So uh, I'd like to say it's probably responsible for, my, for me losing my hair, but that's maybe just wishful thinking. <laughs> right there with you, Nigel, right there. So, <laughs> so guys, the, the club you cheer for, Atalanta, it's fair to say they are the Rocky Balboa, the Adonis Creed of Italian Calcio clubs, an underdog story. It's a beautiful underdog story that earns the respect of opponents, this Romanista in particular. So I'm curious, what is your favorite part of following a slightly smaller club like Atalanta compared to the giants like Juve, Milan, or dare I say Roma? Well, for, for me, there's a there's a real romance to it. Um, you, you don't, you know, I've never been one. Uh, but I grew up in England. You had Man United winning the league every single every single year. They'd win the league. They'd win the cup. Um, and there, there is something really, really romantic about following one of those teams that you never know really what's what's going to happen. Um, you're going to beat one of the big teams. You're going to potentially get relegated the next year and then bounce right back up. Um, but but the main thing for me has always been just that the club always represents part of the community. It's it's a real Bergamo club. Um, it's quite rare that you get people like me and Dan. There's a there's a few of us around the world uh, that follow Atalanta, but most of the core support comes from Bergamo, and there's a real sort of you know there's a real sort of local feel about it, um, and you don't really find that in many other clubs, and uh, that's that's particularly special for me. Yeah, I think for me. For me in general, I, I'm a big fan of uh, overachieving on low expectations. And, <laughs> and, and and that's something that Atalanta does really, really well. You know, I, I think that one of my favorite statistics is that we have the most Serie B championships, if you can even call that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, Nigel hit it, the nail on the head. Um, you know, it's romantic. And I, and I think it's a little hipster, right? It's like, hey, I know something that you don't. Because you love your your Juventuses, your Milans, your Inters, you know. But uh, here, look at this club that I have um, that I love, and obviously I, I have I have personal uh, ties to it. Uh, but even when you're casually, when I'm casually talking about Atalanta, it's like, oh man, this guy knows something that I don't. He must really know a lot, right? Um, <laughs> but it's it's re it's really that that it's so specific. Uh, like Nigel talked about, it's very Bergamo-centric. I, I remember being, uh, when I lived in Denver, I used to go to a, an English pub, and I, I was talking to this uh, one of the English guys who was frequenting there all the time, and uh, I said something about uh, being from Bergamo and uh, supporting Atalanta, and he's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that Atalanta came from Bergamo. Uh, you know, we fly in there to, instead of going to Milan because it's a lot cheaper. You know, I didn't even realize they had a club. And, here, and here's a guy who's a huge uh, football fan. Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's cool to be part of something small. And I think right now it's also cool to be part of something small that's getting kind of bigger, you know, so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit, too. I, I'm also amazed at just geographically. Bergamo is in kind of the shadow of Milan that have both Inter Milan and AC Milan. Uh, you guys talk about it being a regional club. Uh, you also mentioned that the, the hospitals give free Atalanta shirts to all the newborns. Um, so, so tell us more of just the, 
being so close to big cities and yet Atalanta has its own identity. Maybe uh, start with Dan, just because you, you've you've got family there still. Is that yeah. is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. My entire dad's side of the family still lives in Bergamo, and uh, you know it, it, it's very interesting because we have, um, uh, and I, and I guess it's kind of the same in every single country. But I noticed it a lot in Italy and Bergamo. We I have my city family and my like country bumpkin family uh, that lives <laughs> out, which I guess would be the suburbs now, right? But that's. That's where my dad was uh, was from, and but it was interesting that most of uh, that my city family were very ardent Atalanta supporters, and then those that were further out uh, in the suburbs that were closer to Inter and Milan tended to support maybe one of those two and just kind of smile sweetly as like, oh, this Atalanta, they're so sweet, you know, you guys. But my club is Milan and my club is Inter. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just running through my cousins and thinking about, oh, Lucas, he's a Milan fan, but Roberto, he's a big Atalanta fan. You can really trace that almost to the people who were raised in the city and then the people who were raised outside of the city. Um, so, that, so that's really interesting. But uh, I think now with the success um, that we've had, especially in the past couple of seasons, um, it, we're kind of rediscovering our Bergamo pride a little bit more. Um, so it's not just a city center thing. I think it's the entire province, you know. And we're trying to reach into Brescia, which is uh, our OTFR, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) OTFR, the other team from Rome, the other team from Atalanto. That's, uh, there you go. Well, I mean, I I think more than being in the shadow of the the two clubs from Milan, I like to think we're in the shadow of the Alps, really. You've got a big, big, big block of mountains there. So we're in the shadow of those. Um, I, I think it's more, you know, if you look at that area of Italy, you've got the two Milan clubs, you've got the two clubs from uh, from Turin, you've got Genoa and Sampdoria. Um, you know, we're in a real hotbed there. Um, and even in the local area, I mean, uh, you touched on the other mob down the road that begin with B. Um, <laughs> you've got Monza. Um, you know, there, there's clubs all over the place. You've got, uh, you know, there's another couple of, uh, you've got Provaselli just down the road. Um, you know, there's a real hotbed of football in that area. Um, and actually, it's really nice to have two big clubs like uh, Inter and AC right on your doorstep because there's nothing quite like upsetting your neighbours. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a real, like, like we touched on earlier, it's, it's all about Bergamo at Atalanta. It's, it's a real local club. Um, and there's nothing quite like just going and knocking on your neighbor's door and just causing them a little bit of grief every now and then. Um, and we really enjoy doing that. And uh, this local bragging rights up a stake. And, and that's really important. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons we've got that reputation as the queen of the provincial clubs, because we do like going and, and upsetting the, the big clubs like that. Absolutely. You guys, have, you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we enjoy doing it. We get a lot of joy from, uh, from being the neighbors, that's for sure. Very good. <laughs> I want to ask you guys um, about the mentality of the fan base and the club. There's a, a never-back-down approach. It's not a surprise when Atalanta wins, but Atalanta Tifosi, they don't seem to have the same meta- mentality as Interisti or Romanisti. For us, we're kind of like the, the Cleveland Browns fans who we invite the team to, at our funerals to be pallbearers so they can let us <laughs> down one last time. How, how do you guys always stay positive or and and motivated, or are you just better at hiding it than the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I think it's more the fact that it's it's because we're a local team. There's always this pride in seeing the shirt. Um, you know, it's 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 great when we go and play the big teams, but you you never know what's what's going to happen. Um, and the 
when you when you support one of the big teams and things aren't going well, the crowd is so quick to get on your back. Um, you can hear the murmurs, the groans in the stands every time a ball goes out of play. But at Bergamo, it's completely different. We have the curver and everyone's right behind the team, um, no matter what's going on. Um, so I think there's more. it's more just the pride in the shirt, the pride in the local area and seeing the local area represented on such a big stage when realistically... Bergamo is not the biggest place in the world. Um, it's got a fairly decent population, but there's much bigger places all over the world that just don't have the kind of global presence that we do because we have a good team in Serie A. Yeah, I mean, you, you really hit the nail on the head, uh, Nigel, with that. And I think also, I, I think part of it is kind of what I, I, I kind of alluded to earlier jokingly is the expectation. I think that um, now we have a little bit higher expectations, but... It was, you know, first is always salvation was what they call it. You know, the the, the English translation of the, is always cracks me up. Like, oh, salvation, you know, like you're going to you're going to die in Syria be hell. Um, but uh, <laughs> but that is always our goal. You know, it's always to stay up, um, but also to play well. I think that that was a big thing. I remember, uh, you know, when when my dad would read uh, the 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 Leco di Bergamo sports section that that, that, that we would get every Monday. Uh, he would kind of read to me in, in Italian the, what had happened uh, in the game. And it was always very much like, you know, we really deserve to win. And it just didn't, it didn't happen for us. But we pr- played really, really well. I think we value good football. Um, I think we've always been a club that's known to play well. Um, obviously, I, you know, under Gasparini, we have a, a very particular style of play and, and very much um, kind of like a, a mentality and an image that we have. Um, that we play, but that, that's always been there. We've always had uh, some great football. So I think our fans, when you talk about expectation, talk about pride in the city and representation, we also just love to see good football. So it sounds to me Bergamo is not just the source of San Pellegrino sparkling water. It's also <laughs> the source of optimism for all of Italian culture. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um well, then, then the next question has got to be, would you ever want to become recognized as one of Italy's big clubs? Or do you love having the giant killer um, approach uh, and also being known as Italy's best kept secret uh, going into Europa and, dare I say, someday Champions League? Oh, well, that's a that's a tough one. Um, this is always, I think, I, I don't know if you can, if I can speak for all the Atalanta tifosi uh, when I say this, but I think my answer is no. Um I don't know if, you know, in today's climate with the way that, uh, you know, the, the ownership structures are with, you know, just just the the, the way that it is corporately um, and the money that goes into it is if the core of the club would stay the same. Uh, you know, I, I think Nigel and I were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, kind of what happened at West Ham when they moved to the to the London Stadium. And uh, I don't think that's something that we you can really avoid all the time. I don't know if that's possible. Um, so for me, the answer is no, because I think some of the, 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 what the, the club stands for and, and all that romance that we love so much would kind of die. Yeah, uh, Dan, I'm so pleased to hear that answer because mine's a definite no. Um, you know, I, like, like we touched on earlier, it's such a local club. And, you know, when you see these teams moving to a brand new shiny stadium, you tend to lose a bit of the soul, a little bit of the identity, all the history and tradition goes. So we, we've got plans to redevelop the stadium. So we're going to keep all of that in one place. And I, I definitely wouldn't want to change a thing. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there's a real romance to it. Um, 
and yeah, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to change it. Um, you know, when, when, if you look back in like the mid nineties, say for example, when uh, Ronaldo signed for Inter, for the money they paid, you knew uh, Inter was signing an absolute superstar. You knew they were getting pound for pound the best player in the world. Nowadays, you look at some of these transfer fees, and you, you never really know what what it's going to get. You know, whether you're going to get a, a twenty goal season striker, or whether the guy's just going to completely stuff it up and maybe get two or three and spend the second half of the season on the bench. You don't know what you're getting for your money anymore. Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you knew exactly what you were going to get for, for the money you were putting out there. Um, so I'd be really scared, you know, if someone came in and put four or 500 million in and uh, we went on a, a really stupid, crazy transfer uh, spree, um, I'd, I'd worry about where it would all end up and I'd, I'd worry that we'd maybe lose a bit of that soul and a bit of the identity of the club. Very fair. Totally understand that approach. Uh, it, it is fun just to know what Atalanta stands for and they haven't changed. And the most interesting thing for me with them is that we've followed uh, Calcio for a few years now. Sassuolo was an up-and-comer and then they've kind of been terrible. Now they're kind of coming back, but... Uh, Atalanta has remained pretty even keeled with it and uh, it's nice to see them right always right there they're right at the cusp of uh, being great which is uh, it, I think is something helpful for, for them too to, to support this team it's, uh, they're always right yeah. there that's, that's something to enjoy yeah we've been very consistent throughout my entire lifetime really um, you know, like I say, I'm in my mid thirties. You go and you go back and look through the last thirty odd years of Atalanta football, um, and like you say, we've hovered around that middle area of Serie A. We've had the odd relegation and bounced straight back up. As Dan said, we we won the most Serie B titles. Um, but yeah, not not a huge amount has changed. Very good. Let Let's jump to uh, Bergamo itself. Visiting the beautiful city of Bergamo. Have you guys attended a game for Atalanta? Uh, yeah, I, I have. Um, uh, I, I did a couple of games last season. Um, I went to Sassuolo the year before. I did uh, Everton away, Borussia Dortmund away. Um, so tried to really jump on the Europa League bandwagon. Um, and there's pretty much uh, not a restaurant in town that I haven't done. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got one in particular. I'll give a shout out to the Box uh, Box Restaurant. I, I really like that place. It does a nice cappuccino for me in the morning, and they do a, a nice range of uh, pizzas and stuff. So uh, I particularly enjoy sitting there on a game day, reading my uh, Gazetta della Sport, having my cappuccino, and just watching the world go by, and uh, thinking about the little walk I'm going to do to the uh, to the stadium. Very nice. Very nice. How about you, Dan? Uh, well, the answer is yes, but with an asterisk. Uh, the year was 1982, and I was all of one years old. Uh, uh, you know, every time my family would go uh, back to Bergamo to visit, uh, or every time I would go, it, it was always the summer. Uh, there weren't any games. Um, so unfortunately, since since 82, I, I really have not. Um, but uh, I, I have to say, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, it, it, it has been like night and day for me to be able to watch Atalanta live. Um, you know, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, uh, the only way that I could even see them play without resorting to something illegal um, was, you know, if they were playing Juve or Milan, you know, and, and, and see them see them on being sports or something like that. And then last year uh, with the with their app, you know, in the being sports Ocho, you know, you could uh, you could watch them all the time. Uh, and then now this year, of, of course, it, the news is all about ESPN for us here in the United States. The fact that we can watch replays live and everything like that. Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful so, coverage. 
it, it's the best. It's it's absolutely the best. Um, I was a little hesitant at first when, when I heard that that was going to happen, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's been fantastic. You know, to be able to be us stateside and hearing people, you know, in in Nigel's neck of the woods, not to be able to see a game, but I can see every game that is played. Yeah, uh, so that's really exciting. Yeah, no. After the past few years, uh, the coverage this season has been absolutely wonderful. We're we're thrilled about it. Yep. All right, guys, we have to talk about this story as well. Uh, one of the first stories that we found about Atalanta when we were originally researching for Curve America was the tank story. So we do know that there's video footage of this. We also believe that the car that this tank crushed in the streets of Bergamo was colored Giallo Rossi uh, for our Roma, the tank story. They could, have been, they could have been playing Lecce. I don't know. but. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've, I've seen footage of the tank, um, and I've seen that, uh, that let's say it's a Roma-themed car, just for the, for the sake of it, um, being, being absolutely crushed. Um, I'm a little bit unsure with, uh, with the backstory of it, um, as, as to the reasons behind it. Um, but what I do know, how awesome it is that we had a tank, um, <laughs> and it crushed something. Um, you know, who, who else in Serie A has had a tank? I think you're alone on that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and not even Juve has had a tank. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if Fiat makes tanks. So <laughs> <Yeah>. who knows? <laughs> I, I think my my only addition to that story uh, is uh, I know that the leader of the ultras, Bocha, um, he somehow knew somebody and got it. But the big thing is that there was a player on top of the tank, and that was the indomitable Giulio Miliaccio. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know. Basically, our, our version of Vin Diesel, right? <laughs> uh, the Italian Vin Diesel, Giulio Miliaccio, hard-nosed uh, defensive midfielder who is an absolute legend for Atalanta. And he was on top of there. Uh, and, uh, and he was, he, you know, you have a player. You have one of your players on top of a tank that's crushing a Roma-themed car. Uh, only, only at Atalanta. Um, although we did have, we did have the, uh, the Duvan Zapata signing. Uh, oh, the crane. The crane, yes. yes we have our, yeah. our most expensive signing ever, and we're putting them 100 feet into the air on a crane. you got to love that. you got to love that. Atalanta loves their toys, tanks and cranes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, like I said, no one's had a tank. No one's had a crane. The only uh, the only other thing I can think of is like it, uh, like it is uh, Santi Gazzola signed for Villarreal in La Liga. Um, mm. And they had a magician uh, unveiling <laughs> yeah. uh, in like a glass tank and stuff. So if you can think of any more really obscure player signings where they've unveiled them in a particularly exciting way, I'd be quite keen to see if anyone can, anyone can beat our crane. <laughs> yeah. Eat your hearts out, uh, soccer world. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, I love that story. Uh, that, that definitely was one of the highlights of uh, our initial research. So go Atalanta, go on that. <laughs> Let's uh, bring it back to 2018-2019, uh, guys. The Calcio community is global now with social media. That's admittedly how we all found each other here um, uh, through Twitter. Have you been surprised as how you found Atalanta fans around the world? I mean, just on this uh, call right now, I'm talking to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and England. Are there any particular stories of just with, with your social media presence that you've been kind of awestruck of how far Atalanta's fan base reaches? Um, well, I mean, I, I've been particularly surprised by the amount of Polish support. Um, 
but I mean, it's been it has been from all over the world, really. We've got a lot of fans in Poland. Uh, we've got a few uh, through some of the Scandinavian countries. Um, we've got a few in France. Uh, there's a couple of Dutch fans as well. You know, you know, whenever there's a Dutch player on a team, there's always a small army of Dutch enthusiasts <laughs> that want to want to go and follow that guy. Yeah, uh, we have two. <laughs> yeah, the Hans Atoba crew. Uh, they're always uh, knocking around at the game, so that's great. Um, I've had a bit of a weird uh, incident. It was really good, but it's a strange coincidence. I, I did a bit of an interview a little while ago with uh, one of the uh, Juventus fan sites, and uh, uh, one of the uh, Atalanta fans who also did the interview uh, was an Irish chap. Uh, he's a really good lad. Um, you'll know him from sort of social media and stuff. Um, I don't want to name him just because I haven't asked for his permission, so I don't know whether I should just ch- chuck his name out there or whatever. But I went to Everton away uh, in the Europa League, I've literally rocked up inside Goodison Park, um, having a little look around the ground, just thinking how wonderful it is. I was just about to take a picture of myself, and uh, this chap in an Irish accent asks uh, if he wants to, if he'd like, like, like to take a picture for me. And it turned out to be the fan I'd done the interview with, and we'd never <laughs> met each other. We didn't know what each other looked like. I just heard this accent and said, "Is your name such and such?" And turns out it was. So. Um, you just never know how it's funny how the world works sometimes you know you never know who you're going to bump into very true very true i'm i'm curious out in uh, uh nevada because you guys got the tough times time zone that uh the early morning yep. games for us on the east coast um are you getting together have you found other calcio fans out there in uh, nevada yeah i mean when you, if you talk about atlanta specifically there's like 3 of us um, who, who who support Atalanta. Funnily enough, we all work together. Funnily <laughs> enough, I introduced them to it. And it's a Jamaican, a Canadian, and me. Uh, so <laughs> it, there's, we do walk into a bar. Um, so there is, there is that aspect of it. And when it comes to Atalanta, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough. Um, I think that uh, that Calcio support in, in you know, the West, particularly in, in the desert that is uh, Las Vegas, um, it's pretty small. Uh, social media-wise, there's a lot more, of course, Premiership fans, um, some La Liga. Um, uh, there are, there is one uh, person who runs the OTFR, um, uh, a Las Vegas fan group, all right. uh, <laughs> who I am in contact with, and uh, you know, it's it's all about culture for us uh, at this point. Uh, you know, I, I, we're designing our little uh, Las Vegas supporters group shirts, and and our statement is in Italian, "Pochi ma forti." We're few, but we're strong. I like that. Uh, because it's 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 really you know like you said in in the city centers of the, especially the East Coast um, you know in, in traditionally Italian uh, uh, cities we have a very traditionally Italian city but that was the mob um, and they've since gone <laughs> and so <laughs> to me the, uh, the 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 most interesting times that I've been interacted with on social media have been from. Bergamaschi, who have uh, who are visiting Las Vegas. Um, just the other day, I got a message from a guy who was like, "I was just in Vegas, and then I was I was going through my Twitter, and I saw you. You know, like, what's your story, man? Like, how are you an Atalantini in, in Las Vegas?" Um, so there's more of that. Um, but yeah, it's for for us here in Las Vegas, it's really more about the cultural community and building that. That's wonderful. And uh, a, formerly a, an Italian enclave. I, I like the reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, so let's tump, uh, jump now to uh, Atalanta this season, guys. Um, wondering where you guys think you'll be at the end of uh, this season 
You had an unfortunate Europa knockout stage. Unfortunately, you got knocked out in the early rounds, but really a strong summer showing. We were starting to pot around then and just you guys were winning like eight to one. Uh, really impressive. But where do you guys see your see Atalanta in uh, May of 2019 at the end of the Scudetto race? Oh, it's a it's a good question, but it's a difficult one to answer, Chris. I mean, if you'd asked me that first week of the Serie A season, I'd have said top five. I was feeling really, really, really optimistic. Um, you know, we're, we're traditionally quite slow starters. Last year we started with uh, with Jorlot Roma and then uh, Napoli. We lost both of those. Um, this season, you know, we had the good result at home on the Monday. And then we, we again played Roma, really credible three-all draw, full of optimism. I thought that's a much better start. And then, of course, we've had the two games with Copenhagen. Um, and that's completely, I think, knocked the stuffing out of us. We we seem to have taken a, a while to to respond to that. Um, we then played Calorie after we went out to uh, Copenhagen. We lost that. Then had the international break, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a chance for us to sort of regroup, refocus, re-energize, move forward. Um, and then old uh, Patanga pops up at Spal with a couple of goals. Um, so thanks very much for that, Patanga. Really appreciated that. <laughs> Um, so now I'm, I'm a little bit uncertain, you know, Zapata hasn't scored yet, Barrow, um, Barrow can't stay on side and <laughs> it's really difficult to know where we're going to end up actually. Um, I'd like to think we're going to be in top half, top 10, I'd like to think we're going to pick it up but um, I'm certainly not as optimistic as I was at the start of the season. So if you, if you want me to give you an outrageous prediction, I'll just say, I'll say 8th, we're going to finish 8th, that's where we're going to be. All right, how about you Dan? Yeah, I, I'm still trying to recover, just like Atalanta is from that that Copenhagen knockout. Uh, you know, when you when you tear through FK Sarajevo like we did, and then uh, was it Maccabi Maccabi Haifa or Maccabi Tel Aviv? One of those two teams. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it, it, it everything looks so good, and obviously we played uh, Frozy no goals uh, in the first game. <laughs> we, we we handed it to him. Uh, but I'm I'm with Nigel. I am really perplexed uh, about what is going on right now. One of the things is that we most definitely, uh, unlike what I've said before, we definitely had higher expectations this year, and we built ourselves as a squad um, that could compete on multiple fronts, all three fronts. You know, Serie A, Coppa Italia, and of course the Europa League. Um, we won't talk about why we had to go through the, uh, uh, you know, the qualification stages. Uh, some team down the road who wears red and black uh, had some weird things going on. And, you know, we were ready to go into the group stages and then, oh, now we have to prepare for the qualification stage. So it, it was a really hard start to the season. And now we have this really deep team that's really exciting. But when are they going to play? Like, who's playing when? Um, and, you know, I think tactically, uh, you know, Gasparini has an identity. Atalanta has an identity. And, and one of the things that, that, that we've been talking a lot about is do we have a plan A? Yes. Do we have a plan B? Yes. Do we have a plan C? No. Can we be a little bit more tactically flexible? Can we work some of these new players in? Um, you know, we, we, we've got, um, you know, keeping on the Polish trend, we have this left back, uh, Arkadius Reska, who we got from Wisla Plok, if I'm, if I'm not uh, mistaken. That's and, correct. And, uh, you know, obviously a perfect Atalanta signing, you know, probably like, what, 1.5 million euros. Um, hasn't played in Serie A yet, but well, he just played for the Polish national team against the Azzurri and played well. Like, so what is what is what is going on? What is going on with Atalanta? What's going on through Gasparini's mind? Um, you know, and 
are there going to be more ex-Atalanta players that are going to stab a dagger in our heart? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that Pitania game uh, stung, I'm very sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. even the Milan game with Giacomo Bonaventura, you know, yeah. so yeah. so we 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 have we have that uh, going on, and 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 I'm with you. I, I'm with Nigel. I'd say seventh or eighth. I think, I, but I honestly think that's very optimistic. It, when you have teams like Sassuolo and Spal, um, are they going to be able to keep this level where they're at? Are they? Are you guys going to be talking about them on your podcast in the beginning of the podcast for very, <laughs> forever? Probably not, <laughs> you know, um, but. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of competition and we have to figure out how we're going to be more tactically flexible. I think we've kind of been found out. Yeah, I, I will say I think the league's a lot more competitive this ah, year. Yeah. I think that certainly you look at who you'd expect to be in the top 10. I think everyone's a bit, you know, well, not necessarily that everyone's stronger, but I just think generally as a group, the top 10 or 12 teams are much more competitive. There's not much difference between them. Um, and just one thing I've got to throw in, Chris, I, I don't know how many of your uh, listeners will be from England or will have played championship manager, which I mentioned uh, was one of the reasons I, I like Atalanta. But the two legs over Copenhagen, right, that is the definition of the champ manager experience, right? You have 46 efforts on goal and you still don't get anything from it. You absolutely batter the team you're playing and you get no reward. So, um, yeah, that's for the championship manager fans out there. They'll... they'll They'll understand. They'll they'll feel the pain on that. Uh, you're st- starting to sound like an interista or romanista there, with a little bit of pessimism there. But <laughs> well, well, Chris, I know you guys love a good narrative, but I don't know if you realize what that narrative was. Was who was the player who missed the final penalty in the penalty shootout? But former Copenhagen player, uh, I like to call him the Viking, right? Yeah. But he misses the final penalty. You know, he stepped up to take it because he said nobody else wanted to. And this is Andreas Cornelius. And then what do we do the next day? Ship him off to Bordeaux, right? So, like, uh, that's to me, the, that was just gold. The narrative was just gold there. It, it, not in such a great way if you're an Atalantini, but uh, I just thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's Cornelius, as I like to call him, a.k.a. Todd from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Looks exactly like him. We've made that reference, too. <laughs> Oh, good. Narrative uh, always always wins out, guys. Always does. <laughs> well, uh, let's also mention uh, some of the uh, stalwarts, the main pieces you guys still got. Uh, new contract for uh, the blasphemer himself and Gasparini. We saw that uh, he's good through 2021. And then our one of our favorite captains in Syria, Papu Gomez, who's a social media king. By La Comel Papu. If you haven't YouTubed that yet for some reason, please... He's uh, a platinum recording artist, I think, because of that video. Um, is he the greatest captain, the best captain? What do you guys think of kind of your main pieces, uh, like Papu Gomez and, and Gasparini? Well, uh, the Gasparini signing is great. Um, you know, the, the last couple of years have just been absolutely terrific. To see Bergamo represented in Europe is, is phenomenal. Um, and it's something the locals are very, very proud of. It's been such a long time since we've had that. So um, for, for Gasparini to stay, that's that's terrific news for me. Um, it's been a very settled side, mostly, over the last few years under Gasp. And the coaching setups more or less remain the same. Um, so I'm very happy with that. Um and Papu, Papu for me, I, I can't. Do you know what? I'm gonna, you, I know this doesn't really work on the show, 
but I promise you right now, I'm doing a little papu dance. Uh, <laughs> I promise you it's happening. My, I'm really bad at it, but my arms are wobbling around. My hips are going from side to side. I love papu. Absolutely love papu. Um, definitely my favourite captain. Um, easily has the greatest variety of captain's armbands. Um, <laughs> yes. Real, real travesty that Serie A have not allowed him to uh, to use the, all those those gorgeous little armbands. Um, but no, he's a real character, real leader on the pitch. He's really creative. He's fundamentally he's one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. Um, you know, he's he's an exciting footballer, and, and that's what people want to see. And when you see an exciting footballer who's got those leadership qualities, who's got that personality off the pitch, who does those fun little things like the armbands, and he's replaced him with his shin pads this year, how how can you not not love that? No problem. There. Love love Papu Gomez, and uh, hope the league. Uh... Let's him do the armbands. It's uh, it's nice creative style I like that. Yeah, I think I think we could do a Papu Gomez podcast. Uh, just covering <laughs> just covering some Instagram stuff. I mean, his uh, his son Bounty. I, I don't know if we, you guys saw this on social media, but uh, somehow Papu got uh, Gigi Buffon to wish Bounty a happy birthday, um, and that yep. that was adorable. And and there's a video of uh, of Papu's son uh, Bounty scoring in like a little you know little a we'll call it Italian AYSO league. Uh, and he scores a little goal, and he does the Papu dance. I mean, it. it's Love just it. gold. It's yep. just absolute gold. And but it's a hard question for me to answer because I grew up uh, idolizing another Atalanta captain, and and that was Glenn Stromberg. Um, oh, yeah. And 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 I think it, it's it's a tough comparison because you have all the modern social media and just a different character. Um, it's so amazing that to me the two most iconic captains in my lifetime have both been non-Bergamaschi, and we talk about how it's you know all about Bergamo. But uh, Bergamo is a place that draws people in, um, and it welcomes people in, um, even if it is in northern Italy, you know, and a smaller town. But people people <laughs> people fall in love with it, and uh, you know, to this day you you see Glenn Stromberg. Uh, you know, he's still very much involved with football and very much a, an Atalanta supporter. Uh, but but I'm sure I'm sure Papu dances better than Glenn does, um, so so that's good. Uh, Gasparini, love him, love him. Uh, you know, I think it was the I think the last home game of the season when the the ultras unfurled a, a, a huge banner of Gasp, and he was of course because he's a blasphemer. I think he was banned from the pitch uh, <laughs> on that, on that game. But uh, how many times are you going to see that? You know where the you know the the curva that the Fozzi are going to unfurl a giant banner of of their coach. I mean uh, this side of this side of Alex Ferguson and some of those kind of guys. I mean I think this is Atalanta is the perfect place for Gasparini. Um, he knows how to build um, from from you know from scratch or you know to to overachieve and his system is good, uh, fostering uh, good results with small means and. We've seen him, him do that at Genoa, and you know we've seen him not do that at Inter for like three days. So um, I, I think Gasparini is the right fit, and I think uh, the town obviously loves him, and I think he loves the town back, and that's what Bergamo asks of you. Chris, I assume you guys have like you have like a Dancing with the Stars program over there, right? Yes. Or like uh, we have like a strictly come dancing over here, right? Dan, you've just teed up the dance off between Papu and Strongberg. <laughs> um, like I can't begin to tell you if if, if Strongberg goes full nineteen eighties in the tracksuit, I think he oh. might edge it, right? Um, but that that's the dance off I want to see on TV. And then yeah, then we can get Pierre Golini's Pierre Luigi Golini's DJ to uh to 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 handle that in the background, a little rapper oh, yeah. for Guanti. 
<laughs> yeah, bring in the rap, the rapper with gloves as well. Who else has got a goalkeeper that's got a rap single? <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> well, you guys certainly know your Atalanta history, so uh, let's jump into your new endeavor here. You are jumping into the podcast world. Mm-hmm. The uh, new name of the podcast is going to be the Atalanta Now podcast. Uh, it's going to be breaking out next month in October, which is actually next week. Um, first question, guys: What got you interested in entering the crazy world of podcasting? Well, um, I I did it years ago uh, on YouTube before like um, podcasts had bits of software specifically for them. Um, I still had a full head of hair then, which was uh, which was a real treat. Um, yeah, I mean, right now for me, um, I've moved, you know, well, I've done the, I've done the, the Twitter account for a little while. Um, so we've built up a nice following on there. Um, I've had so much joy from doing that. I've met people from all over the world. It, it's been just like the best, probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life, to be honest with you. It's had that much of an impact. Um, I have a lot of free time in the evenings at the moment, so, um, I'm keen to sort of, fill that time and continue to talk Atalanta and uh, talk about Serie A. Um, and this just seemed the best platform to do it. And it's, you know, something I've always wanted to do is to find uh, an opportunity to to have a podcast and to uh, to talk more football. Um, so the time time kind of seems right to, to do it, really. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it really was listening to podcasts, obviously. Like, uh, you know, obviously like your show and some other... The, the English language uh, Serie A shows, um, and you know it's it's a staple of my drive to work. And you know what do what do obsessed cultural fans do with each other as we talk about culture? You know, and it's like, well, I, I have a point of view, and I have this great club. Um, the honest to goodness truth was I was never thinking about doing an Atalanta specific podcast. Um, I was thinking about doing a podcast for mid table teams throughout the five big leagues. Um, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get some coverage of, you know, mid-table teams, just like Atalanta, you know, because that's what I feel is uh, is missing and what I think uh, specifically American fans could jump on and, and, you know, so who like the underdog narrative. Um, but then, you know, thanks to the power of social media and Twitter, you know, I follow Nigel. I've been following him for a long time, and he reached out and said, hey, man, do you want to do a pod? And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell was I posting on Twitter that would make this guy want me to do a pod with him? <laughs> you know, like I basically, I, I'm, I'm the king of gifts on there. You know, I just do a bunch of crazy gifts all the time, and you know, some, sometimes rant a little bit about the three one four one two formation. You know, but uh, you know, I really appreciated that. Obviously, uh, Nigel saw something in in my tweets, and I was I had been thinking about it, and I can't tell you, Chris, how excited I am to do this with Nigel. Yeah, I. I... I'll tell you what else uh, happened, Chris, as well. I mean, in the run-up to it, um, I'd had a few invitations to go on various little podcasts and nothing had kind of come of it. Um, And I did sit down one evening and was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start a podcast rather than sort of hoping that someone might get in touch and be be nice like yourself, Chris, and sort of reach out to us. Um, You know, why not start our own thing? I want to talk about Atalanta, so let's go make something and and do it. That's a beautiful story, guys. Uh podcasting world awaits that's all i can say uh but we're, we're grateful to have another cultural voice uh, out here uh we talked about this earlier for all the atalanta uh, tifosi out there who are interested in this new endeavor you guys are going to be releasing on itunes and soundcloud and probably going to be branching out to the other platforms as well uh but look for that um 
uh, in the coming weeks here for Atalanta Now podcast. So we're excited for you guys and, and really wish you well. Uh, we want to end with a, a big question because we know that there are Calcio fans out there who just don't know it yet. They're just looking for a team. So for those new fans for uh, Calcio, how would you convince one of these people to choose Atalanta as their club? Oh, big question. This, this is how I see it. I kind of talked about it earlier. Um, it, it kind of is so, sort of this hipster mentality, uh, you know, that is so prevalent. But I, you know, we are called the goddess, Ladea. So in my mind, uh, I, I'm thinking about, uh, like, uh, people, right? And who would you like to hang out with or who would you want to be with? And I, I think of somebody, let's say, like Pamela Anderson, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? You're well, a well-known Atalanta fan. <laughs> give me a second. Give me a second. Like, Pamela Anderson is your Juve, your, your Inter, your Milan. It's like, you know, out there. Uh, you, you know she's uh, renowned for her looks or whatever, but it's just kind of like you know, almost like the golden retriever. You know, like it's like everybody likes them. Everybody thinks they're good looking. So what are you? What are you gonna? What are you gonna get out of that, right? I think Atalanta is like Rachel Weiss. She's like the thinking man's hottie. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, like, like really, like if somebody if somebody asks you, hey, you you like Serie, a, you like Calcio, but what club do you support? And you say Atalanta, that's just straight mad props. Like that is. Somebody knows something, you know, and so I, I think it's a good feeling because I think it takes a little bit of research um, into it. But besides that, just watch a game. Watch a game. Look at look at what the Fozzi do. I mean, uh, our stadium is constantly full. Uh, if you look at our traveling support sometimes, I mean, it's a great product that we put out there with a great narrative. And there's a great town in Bergamo that are, is, com- is completely behind it. Um, and, and, and I just think it's for... You know, you know when you're on on your Apple uh, your Apple Music and you have the, uh, the you're looking at a band and then you have the Essentials playlist. This is this is like the next steps. You know what I mean? And so I think I think it's a it's an elevated and I think you're going to get a better cultural education by following a team like Atalanta. And there's a lot of other social things that can go learning about Italy and other places that you wouldn't have normally gone and seen, gone to and seen. So for for Dan, uh, there's a goddess out there for everybody. Atalanta is his. <laughs> that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dan summed out quite nicely there. Really, I mean, we, we have the best curver, I think, in the league. Um, it's absolutely rammed, and the noise that comes for that is is really special. And, and once you've been in there once, you you can't help but want to go back. Um, there is something really infectious about it, um, and it doesn't matter, like Dan said, who who we're playing. Um, that ground is always going to be absolutely packed. Um, and, you know, it's, there's a little bit more to the romance to it as well because it's that local feel to it. Um, it's very picturesque as well. So you've got all the Alps and the mountains in the background. So it's a very easy location to fall in love with. Um, and uh, if I can chuck a name out there, I've always quite liked Jodie Foster. Um, so, so to me, uh, <laughs> Atalanta is a bit like my, my Jodie Foster. Um, you know, I, I think she's quite nice to look at, but she's got a lot of class and a lot of tradition. Um, and like I said, we've got we've got the best curve in the league. So what more do you want? You know, that's that's what it's all about in Italian football. It's just being part of something. You know, making a lot of noise whirling your scarf around, singing all the songs, being part of the Tifosi, it's, it's, it's what it's all about. And, and Atalanta is, is it, for me, easily one of the most special uh, teams in world football, just based purely on that. 
I uh, I think I would have thrown in the tank there too, uh, guys. Uh, there's a chance you might oh, yeah. ride a tank with this team. <laughs> yeah, well, well, a shout out to any potential new signings. You know, if you want to come and join Atalanta in the new year and help us get back into Europe, we've got a crane. It's ready to go. <laughs> uh, Josip Ilicic was on that crane as well with Duvan, and we, we've gone through this without mentioning Ilicic, and I love Ilicic. Um, I know he hadn't signed, but I think he was just randomly with him, which doesn't really make a huge amount of sense, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so the crane is ready to go for any potential new signings. And uh, if Jodie Foster happens to listen to your podcast, uh, I've got a few euros in the bank, and uh, she's welcome to come and join me in Bergamo for a weekend of the football. Yeah, until... Tell Rachel Weiss to give me a holler too. So. <laughs> we we know their their podcast Paisani as well. We know they're loyal listeners to our podcast. Yep. <laughs> I thought so. Guys, uh, we want to thank you for the beautiful conversation about the boys of Bergamo. Uh, everyone at Curve America definitely wishing you guys well with the new podcast endeavor, and hope Ladea wins the hearts and minds of all the new Caltro fans out there. So, best of luck. And please, uh, when when we do make our next visit to Bergamo, let us ride the tank, guys, please. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely have a go on the tank. And if you're really good, I'll let you go on the crane. Uh, but no, th- thanks thanks a lot for having us, Chris. And uh, thanks for letting us talk about the podcast. It's uh, you know really, really nice of you to have us on. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for that. And it's been really nice to, to talk to you. And obviously, uh, wish you the very best of luck with the with the podcast. And uh, wish you the very best of luck when you play the, the, other, the other mob from Rome. Cheers, guys. Go Atalanta, go.